about soldiers, that um, we are an army. You know, that's not been put a lot of emphasis on. We've talked about being a family a lot. We've talked about uh, that we're the family of God. But, you know, just one verse in the New, whole New Testament talks about that we're a family. And yet we put great emphasis in churches on being a family. Hallelujah. Well, and we are. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. We, but we all have the same Father, don't we? If you're born again, we all have the same Father. Glory to God. I like how Pastor Buzzy says we've been refathered. Hallelujah. We've been refathered from above. He called yesterday morning. He's a hoot. He said, uh, I saw Elder Ray to Arkansas come up on caller ID. He said, uh, is this Misery's Billings? I said, yes, it is. He said, well, you've just won the jackpot. I said, I can tell I did. He said, but you ain't going to get anything. You just won the jackpot. <laughs> he is so funny. And then I said, he said, well, is Michael there? I said, no, he went to the church to pray. He said, well, it's about time. <laughs> it's about time he prayed. No, he was just, he was really uh, chirpy yesterday morning. Hallelujah. Praise God. I don't know what he won't. I don't think we ever got to talk to him, did we? He didn't get you catch you out here. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3. He's, hallelujah. We went, uh, we were gone because of the Averys. Pastor Avery from out at Foster's, we're friends with him and his wife Vicki. And uh, we just decided we need to get away and pray. And so we went to uh, just, uh, we went to a meeting in Moulton, Alabama on Monday night, Bill Bozanski. Anybody remember Bill Bozanski? He's kind of old-timer. You know, Lawrence always knows the... He's the only body in the church that's as old as I am. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. So he knows. But we went to hear Bill Bozanski. I'd never heard him before. and But knew all about him, you know, but just never heard him. He's from the Ukraine and just marvelous testimony of miracles and so forth. And he, he goes back to the days of full gospel businessmen, you know. He was in that circuit. <laughs> anyway, um, so then we left Tuesday morning and was just going to drive till we found a place to stay and then pray. And we prayed. We got to have two prayer sessions with the Averys and then someone in their church, kin folks died and they needed to preach the funeral. Anyway, we had to come home a little early and missed our last session of prayer. But hallelujah, we, we got away and we just prayed. Amen. It was good. It was just so good. Hallelujah. You know, just kind of get away and and uh, spend some time just committed to prayer. Hallelujah. And uh, we prayed and ate out and uh, uh, just saw some new scenery. And appreciate Colin for doing the service while we were gone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It was fun. <laughs> Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 3. Hallelujah. Hadn't seen y'all in a long time, so I have to talk about a lot of stuff. <laughs> Seems out since last Sunday night. Hadn't seen. Second Timothy chapter two, verse three. <clears throat> Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. We've been talking about being a good soldier. We've been talking about what it means to be a soldier, what it means to be in the army of God. You know, uh, we have soldiers now. And uh, their life is not their own. And the Bible says that you've been bought with a price and your life is not your own. See, you know, it's not just a thing when you get saved where it's like, yeah, I think I'll take that and just put it in my little purse and carry it around with me so that I have it when I die. 
so I can go to heaven? No, that's not how it works, family. If we're going to receive Jesus Christ as our Savior, we are agreeing to come into His kingdom. We're agreeing that He is now, that, that God the Father is now our Father, and Jesus Christ is now our Savior and Lord. Hallelujah. And this is salvation, and, and it's not just a little thing we carry in our purse like our Blue Cross insurance card. And we whip it out so they can make a copy of it, you know, when, they, when we need it. Or, and and where, when you die, you're just going to whip out a little card, and you're going to do anything you want to the rest of your life. That's not how it works. When you signed up, and I don't know if everybody realizes when they signed up what they signed up for. Hallelujah. Of course, you signed up for the greatest blessing, the most awesome life. Hallelujah. But, but your life's not your own. Your life's not your own. You don't have the option of saying, well, you know, I think Alaska would be a great place to live. You know, I just can't stand the humidity in the summer. I, I, I just like to go to Alaska. By the way, it snowed in Montana yesterday. Did you all know that? In, in August, it snowed. Hallelujah. But <clears throat> that's just extra. Hallelujah. But you don't have that option to say, well, I think Montana sounds good. You know, it's cool there. That's not, our life's not our own. Amen? We are under orders. We have assignments from heaven. We're, we have, we have orders. And yeah, there's things that we can look around at the world. And, you know, sometimes on TV, on some of these documentaries, you know, they'll show somebody that just decided to quit their job and buy uh, one of those sailboat things and just sail around and don't do nothing all day, every day. Just live on a boat. And y'all know, have y'all ever seen some of those people that do that? You know, we don't have that option. We surrendered those things when we hooked up with Jesus Christ. We're now in an army, and each one of us has an assignment. And if we're not in our assignment, and if we're not uh, at the right place at the right time, we are A-W-O-L, absent without leave. Brother Copeland said one time when we were real young in the Lord, he said, you know, if God called you to be a prophet, you're going to be judged as a prophet even if you never even got saved when this whole thing is said and done. We're going to answer for those things that God has called us to do. So we got to get under... And you know, the thing is, is all of us are looking for happiness. And this is what gets us off is we think that the will of God won't make us happy. But the very joy of your life, the very, uh, the very uh, most awesome thing that you can do is to be in the will of God. The Bible says that Jesus endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. Amen? Hallelujah. That's what it says. Thank you, Jesus. So the will of God is precious. The will of God is awesome. Hallelujah. And the Bible says in Philippians that God is all the while at work in you, creating in you both the desire and the will to do his good pleasure. So I'm thankful for that, that God does not, He does not say, uh, Debbie, you know, go to Russia and, and me have no desire to go. No, He creates in me, 
He's all the while creating in me both the will and the desire to do His good pleasure. So he, he, he begins to work on my insides. I don't know how he does it. He didn't have to make us leave Texas and come to Alabama. Now, at first, it was a shock. It was like, well, when we heard the, began to hear the Holy Spirit saying, you're going to move. Well, actually, we didn't hear him say that. A, a man, we went to a man's meeting, and he said, uh, he, said uh, he called us up and prophesied to us, said, I'm going to begin to change your vision. And Two or three ways. I can't remember if he said two ways or three ways. Anyway, I'm going to begin to change your vision. And that kind of got our attention and got us praying. And so then we went to a meeting in Tulsa. And we drove. And when we left, I was... You know, sometimes pastors do get aggravated at church members. And that day we were leaving after church on Sunday. And one of the church members just aggravated me. Just aggravated me. And so we drove to Tulsa, and when we drove into town, this desire, see, desire to move just welled up in my heart. And I thought, you know, I thought it was, I, I cast it down, I thought it was the devil. And I said, oh, Debbie, you're just mad. Because I thought I was still just mad, you know, about that situation. I, oh, Debbie, you're just mad, and I just cast that down. But so God, through a series of months, you know, began to create in us desire. Hallelujah. So he didn't have to, by the time we got to put the, 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 the furniture in the U-Haul, we had desire all over us. Nothing would, nothing would satisfy us but to move to Alabama to what, to what we, to, to what, what we didn't know. We did not know what would unfold for us when we got here. We just knew we were supposed to come. Hallelujah. We just kind of knew the next step. Amen. So your plans and your purposes, you know, we, our life is not our own. Now, you can fight against the will of God, and you won't, that won't work that way for you. Because if, you're, if you don't surrender, see, all of us, Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane, and, and through sweat and tears and great sweat drops of blood, He said, not my will be done, but your will be done. And you may need to go to the garden of Gethsemane and say, not my will. Not my will be done, God, but your will be done. And once you do that, once you release yourself to His will, from then on, I'll tell you, His will becomes a pleasure to you. And the reason people don't surrender to His will is usually fear. That's a lot of the reason. Some people are still in a... You know, they never, their parents didn't drive rebellion out of their heart with a rod when they were kids and they hadn't got over their teenage rebellion yet. And if, and it don't matter who it is. You know, I've seen people in churches that if you set up, they set down. If you set sideways, left, they set right. You know, and it's nothing more than just, and they might be 40 years old and it's just teenage rebellion is all it is. Because mama did, mama may have worked on it a little bit, but she didn't get it out all the way. Hallelujah. Because the Bible says rebellion's bound up in the heart of every child and there's only one thing that takes it out and that's the rod of correction. Amen. Every child. Did y'all hear me? <coughs> Hallelujah. So, um, uh, but mostly it's fear that keeps us from just going to that garden and saying, not my will be done, but your will be done. But once you've ever experienced the goodness of His will, you won't have that problem again. I could go again and say, not my will be done, but your will be done, God. I could go there again. I could say it again so easily because I found out the will of God is good. The will of God is blessing. 
The will of God is easier than being out of the will of God. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. Hallelujah. I found out that, that, you know, the will of God doesn't take things away from me as much as it adds things to me. You know, the Bible says in Mark 10, 29, no man having left. Houses, lands, fathers, mothers, sisters, brothers, for my sake and the gospels shall not receive a hundredfold in this lifetime and in the life to come everlasting life. Hallelujah. Praise God. God has given us so much more back. What we left in what we left in Texas, God has replaced so much more fully in relationships and friendships and it's so much more. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And we didn't have to give up our parents either. Because you know they invented airplanes and Hallelujah. They have already invented those, and hallelujah. It's not like, you know, Paul, he might have had to leave his and never see him again. I know there are missionaries that have had to do that. But we don't live in that day anymore, do we? Hallelujah. So we've been talking about developing your potential. You know, soldiers train. But we aren't going to say train. We're going to say develop your potential. So you can't start. You can't. Everybody has to climb the ladder the same way. That's what the Lord told me when we were young in this. Because I used to think, brother, look at Brother Copeland and say, oh, God. But God told me, Debbie, he's had to climb the ladder the same way you are. Everybody has to start at the bottom rung and climb up. Nobody gets to skip any rungs. Hallelujah. Nobody. Everybody climbs the ladder the same way. God doesn't pick some people out and say, now you're going to be especially best, blessed and you're going to go straight into the, uh, the, to that um, most top anointing that there is, the highest anointing that there is, and you will come straight into wealth. No, He won't do that. He'll never do that. He'll have to climb the ladder. Why? Because if God took him straight to the top, his character couldn't hold up under it. Because God is uh, working in him and in me and in you, and He's created character in us. God spent 20 years working on Pastor and I, training us for this hour, for this day, training us and getting, you know, we've had to work some things out. Have you all had to work some things out? Hallelujah. We got to get our flesh uh, whittled off, don't we? We got to get some things whittled off of us. I don't know. I had an anger problem. I had an anger problem. I mean, I admit it. My kids will tell you if I didn't, so I mean, they know it. I had an anger problem. I could get hot just like that. Now, I was real repentant afterwards, and I, I didn't stay angry, but I, and it was passed down through the generations. I learned it. It was, you know... We won't go into that. But I mean, I have, I have took uh, cabinet doors and splintered them before. You don't think I'm that strong. But pastor has put together cabinet doors before. But God had to work that out of me. He had to wash that out of me. Did you know I don't have that anymore? I don't have that anger like that anymore. I don't have it. Why God? And God couldn't take me where I needed to go until he whittled that stuff off of my flesh. I don't have it anymore. Now, I do have... Um, a righteous indignation, a passion. I have passion. Don't mess with my passion. But there's a difference between a display of passion and a display of anger. See, people think that when Jesus went into where the money changers were and that he threw tables and threw things out, he wasn't angry. That wasn't a display of anger. That was a display of passion. Don't mess with Jesus' passion. The zeal of God has consumed him. Hallelujah. So I don't get angry anymore, but I am passionate. Amen. I'm pa- you mess with my passion. 
Don't mess with my passion. This church is my passion. Don't mess with it. Amen. This, this little son here, for he came to Hillcrest High School the first week, two weeks. Some teacher messed with my passion. <laughs> now, I was nice to her. And, and I was, but she knew when I left there, I was passionate. Amen. Because she done said some stuff about him that wasn't true. Hallelujah. Because he couldn't find a book she wanted him to read and all this kind of stuff. Well, we were new in town. We were trying to get this book through Books of Million that she wanted him to read, and she didn't tell us to go to Novel Approach, which doesn't exist anymore, but there was a store. And uh, so she told him, said, well, you're just, uh, and you're just not uh, motivated, and I don't know what she said to him, but that got me and Pastor in her office, in the principal's office, which he brought her in, and with some passion, some tears, because when I get passionate, sometimes tears. I told her, I said, that's not true, what you said about him. Because if you looked at his grade record and his school record, you would know that's not true. Because in 1,200 people at Trustful, Trustful ninth grade, Trustful Hewitt Trustful ninth grade, he was number one in the class of 1,200 people in Hewitt Trustful. And I was like, what you're saying doesn't line up, sister. So don't mess with my passion. Amen? This church is my passion. You know, one time my daddy messed with my passion. Now, I love my daddy. He loves me. But one time he said something ugly about our church members. Now, I didn't quit loving him, and I wasn't mad at him, but I rose up in passion. And you know... (laughs) And the next time, you know, now the, the next time I saw my daddy, he wasn't mad at me and I wasn't mad at him. We still loved each other because that wasn't anger. It was passion. Amen. Some of y'all need to know that. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <clears throat> well, God, he's an equal opportunity employer. Everyone, see, some of the people don't know this because they're going around looking at people and they're saying, oh, well, you know, I wish I was like them. Everyone has an equal opportunity to be blessed and used by Him. I want you to turn over to Romans chapter 4. Everyone has an equal opportunity. And if you're over there wallowing in self-pity, why are they prosperous and I'm not? Why do they have a better house than I have? Why are they in a position in the church that I'm not in? Why is God doing this for them and not for me? Well, you just hadn't climbed the rung of the ladder they have. Amen. Romans chapter 4 verse 16 says, Therefore, it is a faith that it might be by grace to the end the promise might be sure to all the seed. Say all the seed. Amen. Not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham who is the father of us all. See, he said, therefore, it is by faith that, the pro- that, that it might be by grace to the end the promise might be sure to all the seed. The reason God makes us use our faith is because it's the great equalizer. Amen? That way he's not playing favorites. Amen? God's no respecter of persons. Isn't that right? What he's done for one, he'll do for all. Isn't that correct? I mean, within your calling. He's not going to let you go to Germany and do crusades like Reinhard Bonnke was talking about this morning, if that's not your calling. But he'll bless you equally. Hallelujah. He's not going out. He's not up in heaven saying, uh, Ford, Mercedes, Chevrolet, 
BMW. No. No. It's by faith. That it might be by grace. Amen. And some people develop their faith, don't they? For different things. That's how it works. That's how it works. He's an equal opportunity employer. Turn over to Matthew chapter 25. God wants you to develop your potential. God wants you to climb the ladder. God wants you to begin to act on the things He speaks to you and gives you. You know, one of the things is just to get lined up in church what you're supposed to do and where you're supposed that's, that's you gotta, you got to do that. you gotta, you got to get situated. you got to get in your company. you got to get your feet planted. Amen? And, you got to, and then you got to begin to release faith in the areas that He gives you. The Bible says Jesus is the author and the developer of our faith. And He begins to teach us how to use faith. If we just follow His leading, He'll teach us us how to lose, use faith. Without him even, um, without us even hearing anything about faith, by the leading of the Holy Spirit, God began to teach us how to use our faith. Amen? You know, we uh, were farming in West Texas, and, and we began to know in our heart we, we were going to be the pastor of the church that had been loosely formed and was not really a building or anything, but a man had come and brought a group of people together and we were moving from the community building to the bank to wherever there was an open room that week. And uh, he had said when he came, I'll be there six to 18 months. I'm coming in like the Apostle Paul. I'm coming in to get this church started. And, you know, early on in that situation, God began to minister to us that we were the pastors. We were the next pastors. Now, we didn't tell anybody. We kept our mouth shut. We just waited on God. Amen. But uh, we went to camp meeting that, that year and uh, up at Brother Hagen's camp meeting, and, and uh, <clears throat> when we came back, and we got a confirmation on that. From the pulpit, we got confirmation. Uh, John Osteen spoke something out. And so then we came back to, uh, and put our house on the market. Actually, we went to, first we went to Seminole and put a contract on a house over there. God just leading us. Actually, I'm supposed to back up. First of all, at camp meeting, Brother Hagen said, anybody that wants to sow a $1,000 seed, come down here. And we just felt led to go sow a thousand dollar seed, even though it's borrowed money. Hallelujah! You know, farmers live on borrowed money, but <laughs> we were anyway. Not all farmers, I don't guess, do, but we did <laughs> anyway. So we sowed a thousand dollars of borrowed money, sowed a seed, and for that for the house situation, went and got a went and put a contract on a house, put our house on the market. Amen. See, God just leading us, teaching us the principles of faith, teaching us how to walk by faith, teaching stretched our faith all that fall because that house didn't sell, that contract was about to be up, and we were like, oh God, oh God. But God just kept us, keep steady, stay hooked up to faith. You know, keep the switch of faith turned on. And He was just teaching us to walk by faith. See, you got to engage. You got to engage yourself in 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 Matthew twenty five verse one. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They they that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all these vir those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. Praise God. You know, half of the, of the virgins did the extra. 
Half of the virgins, and this is the great divider between people that, that go on and meet their potential is going that extra mile. Half of the virgins did the extra. They went beyond the basics. They went beyond just going to church on Sunday morning. Amen. You know, they went ahead and went on Sunday night and Wednesday night. Hallelujah. They went ahead and prayed every day. I mean, we could say it that way. They went ahead. They went beyond the basics. They went beyond and they did more than was required. They did the extra. Uh, uh, <clears throat> they didn't grow weary in well-doing. They didn't grow weary in doing good. Half of them didn't grow weary. Hallelujah. You know, a lot of people start a lot of things, but it's not the people that start, it's the people that finish. It doesn't, it's easy to start, it's hard to finish. It's easy to get married, it's hard to stay married. Amen? It's easy to have babies, but it's hard to train them up until they're 18 years old. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. My mom used to tell me that. That was one of her ways she used to curtail, she said, Debbie, anybody can have a baby. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But it takes something to train a child. It takes something to stick with them and to stick with that child training. You know, a lot of, have you ever noticed that, and this is extra, but people have one child and boy, they're diligent. They'll have two and they're diligent and the third one, it's like, whatever. Tired. <laughs> you know, I, 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 can, I can actually name some people personally that did that. I mean, toe the line, the first one, and train that child up in the way he should go. The second one, pretty good, in there. The third one, it's like, let me know when you graduate, honey. I mean, you know, don't have number three if you're not going to stay in there, Mom and Dad, because you'll have a little hellion. And I understand that because I stayed in there with both of them, but I was a little tarder with Eric, I, even than Colin. You know, Colin, it was like, okay, you're one. Get that bottle out of your mouth. Come on, let's get that. Eric, it was like, let me know when you're tired of it, hon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Colin, it's like, give me that pacifier. You can't have that anymore. Eric, it's like, honey, just as long as you don't go to school with it, that'll be fine. Just keep it as long as you'd like. Don't want to don't think about this. And Colin never crawled. I would not let him touch the floor. He might get dirty. I put him in a walker when he was four months old. He, I put him in a walker. Well, he walked then when he was seven and a half months old. I know people hardly believe that, but, but he, you've got to understand. <laughs> people, my, I went to this club with all these little old ladies at that time. They said, oh, honey, he won't ever talk. If you don't let him crawl, he'll never learn to talk. <laughs> but he did. But Eric was like different, you know, it was like, it was kind of like, here, here's the floor, you know, it was just, I mean, you know, you just were not as near as picky, you were more relaxed, really, I was just relaxed. But, you know, you got to stay in there. I mean, you got to go the extra mile. Hallelujah, glory to God. Uh, you know, the half of the virgins, virgins were willing to get on God's timetable. You know, a lot of people just get, Tired because God told them something 20 years ago and it hadn't happened. I want to just say, just join the club. Come on in, there's some good company in this. Uh -huh. You know, we want it on our timetable. 
I know I was with somebody recently, and we were praying not too long ago. And I won't tell you who, it was not anybody in this church, but I remember they just said, and they were praying, and when they were praying, I was like, oh, mm, mm. you know, it's just grating against your spirit, because they were saying, now God, and this is, God, this needs to be done now. Now God, this just needs to be done now. And Lord, you know it's got to be done. I was like, honey, you're wasting your breath. You know, believe Him to do it, but He's going to do it when He's ready to do it. Amen. You can't pressure God. <laughs> Hallelujah. we got to get on His timetable. Hallelujah. And you know, we can get all frustrated and all antsy and we can get all bent out of shape, but that's all we get is bent out of shape because you know it's going to happen in His timing. It's going to be on His timetable. Isn't that right? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <clears throat> the foolish always want what the wise have worked hard to get. You know how they wanted that oil. Give us your oil for our lamps are gone out. The foolish always want what the wise have worked hard to get. The foolish feel sorry for themselves. The foolish felt sorry for themselves and they made excuses. Hallelujah. You know, God believes in you. God believes in you. You need to do what God's leading you to do. Hebrews 10 verse 38. <clears throat> We're talking about being good soldiers and getting into what God's called us to do and getting in the potential, developing our potential. You know, you can make this thing move faster if you'll obey faster. Hallelujah. If you'll get in there with Him when He's whittling off the things in our flesh. Hallelujah. Get in there with Him and, 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 and uh, get to agreeing with Him. You know, some of us argue with Him for a year and then we finally let him do what he mentioned to us the first time. Do y'all see what I'm saying? We can make this thing move faster if we'll cooperate. Hebrews 10, 38. It says, uh, Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul hath no pleasure in him. We can't draw back. You know, I know a lot of Christians, it's like, I'm on fire for God. Six months later, they're at home. Then they come back. I'm on fire for God. Six months later, they're at home. Then there's a revival. I'm on fire for God. You know, it's like, just, you got to quit drawing back because you're taking, you're taking two steps forward. You're taking three steps back. You're taking two forward, three back, two forward, three back. And then they go, I don't know why my kids are acting the way they're acting when they're 18. And might it be the inconsistency that people lived Hallelujah. It's just amazing what consistent parents, even if parents do a million other things wrong, maybe they don't have it all together in every area. It's just amazing what consistency will do for kids. It's just amazing in the, in, 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 for ministers' kids what it'll do if, you know, one thing we tried to do is not hide our faults and be honest with our kids, and we didn't live one way, we didn't talk one thing in the pulpit and do something else at home. Now, we did some things at home we weren't proud of, but we've one thing about it, we've always just told the whole church and confessed them. I figure, you know, <clears throat> y'all might as well know we're human. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. It's amazing what consistency will do. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So we can't draw back. You know, your potential has got to be turned into reality. Um, I was thinking about uh, how undeveloped potential is worthless. Somebody can have, and I have known so many people like this. 
I could name you people that I've known. You wouldn't know them, but our kids would know them. That my, you know, my heart knows that they had a call of God on their life as far as preaching. And that just never, never could get just, just never could get hooked up. Just never could get it off the ground. See, undeveloped potential is worthless. You can have the potential to be a concert pianist, but if you don't do something, it's worthless. You might as well be just like me and not even have the potential. Amen? Uh, uh, you know the potential. I wonder how many people have the potential to have awesome voices. And if they would just take that step for a little bit of training. That it's just a diamond in the rough. Amen? How many? Praise God. You know, undeveloped potential is where some people, you know, we got to get in there and, and we ought to research. We ought to. We ought to develop. We ought to study. If we think we got a call for kids, we ought to study on that subject. We ought to order tape. There's tapes you can order that, you know, teach you how to do children's church, how to do puppets. How to, you can train to learn to do puppets. You can train to learn to... Um, um, uh, to, uh, well, whatever. <laughs> whatever children's ministers do. You can, I, I've seen the tapes. I've seen the books. I've, you can order tapes and books on youth ministry. We ought to know things about it. Hallelujah. We ought to invest. We ought to be developing our potential. Amen? Just like uh, university students know that that's what they're going to do. They're not sitting around like church members going, I'd like to be an accountant. I'd like to be an accountant. I'd like to be an accountant. No, they know you got to go and you got to take freshman English. You got to take American history. You got to take, well, in our day, you had to take a PE even. I had to go take a PE. You still do? Do you at UA? No, you don't at UA, but you do at Stillman. What did you take? Dance? She took dance. <laughs> well, you know what I took? Uh, archery. <laughs> I couldn't pull the bow back on the thing. But, you know, I learned something right away in college. A lot of classes, if you'll just show up for them, they'll give you a B. You know, if you'll, especially like archery and stuff like that. If you'll just be there every time, not miss, they'll give you a B. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> And, but, you know, that's stuff you have to do. You have to do some things that even look unnecessary sometimes to develop your potential. Amen? I mean, I'm up here tonight holding a microphone, but I taught first grade Sunday school. Amen? Hallelujah. I've done a lot of things. Glory to God. I used to put on the thing we filled out for membership, you know, I'd put out at the bottom... Just like Burger King, we do it all for you. I mean, it's like, what do you want to do? I, I'm the pastor's wife. I do it all for you. But I quit doing that. I said that was a bad confession. I just put what I want to do now. Hallelujah. I've even told pastor before, I'm not doing that. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I wouldn't advise you to. But anyway, <laughs> hallelujah. But anyway, uh, but, you know, you've got to develop your potential in the area that you are called to be in. And you got to discover it. And the way you see, I had to discover it by doing some things I wasn't called to do. It didn't take me long in children's church to realize I'm not called into children's church. I wasn't called. But I tell you one thing I was called to do, and I was good at it. I'm still anointed for it was Christian school. I won't do it again, but I'm anointed for it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I might not be now, but I was then. Hallelujah. Um, 
So undeveloped potential is worthless. Worthless if you don't develop. You know, people say, I'm a prayer. Okay, tell me the seven kinds of prayer. Uh, you don't know them? Hallelujah. First Peter 4.10 in the Amplified. Every one of us has greatness in us. Actually, when Pastor Buzzy teaches prayer, there's more than seven. I noticed he's added two. Hallelujah. First Peter 4.10. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> As each of you has received a gift, a particular spiritual talent, a gracious divine endowment, employ it for one another as befits good trustees of God's many-sided grace, faithful stewards of the extremely diverse powers and gifts granted to Christians by unmerited favor. Shall I read that to you again? Because this tells us why God gave you your gift. Why God gave you the gift that's inside of you. As each of you has received a gift, a particular spiritual talent, a gracious divine endowment, employ it for one another. Employ it for one another as befits good trustees of God's many-sided grace, faithful stewards of the extremely diverse powers and gifts granted to Christians by unmerited favor. You were given a gift, not so we could all go, oh, but no, to be a blessing to us. You were given a gift to bless people. That's why you were given a gift. You have a talent to bless people. Whatever you've been given, and every one of you have been given. Sometimes, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's cooking. Sometimes it's, it's, um, it's carpentry. How many of you know those kind of things are needed in the church? Those gifts are needed in the church. Sometimes it's hospitality. Sometimes it's mercy. Hallelujah. I know uh, people that just, they, they just kind of gravitate to the hospital. I'll go, but, you know, somebody's going to be dragging me in, you know. I'm kind of, I go because it's right sometimes, but that's not my gift. Hallelujah. You have a gift. You have an endowment. You know, we're fixing to close, but Christians have lots of good ideas. They have lots of plans. They have lots of, uh, they're good at dreaming. Hallelujah. And those things are necessary. It's necessary that we dream. It's necessary. You know, God's doing in mine and pastor's lives now some of the things we dreamed about years ago. We're launching into some of the things we dreamed of. Uh, <clears throat> but um, good ideas have to, you've got to produce at some point. You've got to quit dreaming and you've got to produce. Christians are like real estate developers. You know, a real estate developer can have all these plans drawn up in his office and have them hanging on the wall. But, you know, if he doesn't get out there and do something with it. You know, I know what they, in the South, they say it this way, at some point you got to fish or cut bait. Hallelujah. You know, if you just sit on the dock cutting bait all day saying, I'm going to fish, I'm going to fish, I'm going to go fishing, I'm going to go fishing, we're fixing to fish, I'm going to go fishing. And a lot of Christians are like that. They're planning. They're dreaming. They have it wrote down. They have it. But, but you know, it's time to take some steps towards it. And that's my message to you tonight. That whatever, you're, whatever you are thinking of, whatever you're dreaming of, whatever God has before you, start taking some steps towards it.
You may not can engage it fully right now. Pastor said this morning, you may have some dreams that are financially impossible for you right now. <laughs> it's my phone? Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> I know we had that meeting with Pastor Brooks that night. And that phone rang in church. I was like, I mean, it was ringing and ringing and ringing. And I was like, somebody, some usher, somebody, because Pastor Brooks is preaching, you know. Well, we went out to eat and found out it was Miss Ellen's phone. It was the, it was the guy that was preaching. It was his wife's phone ringing. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, my passion. That was just not, was not anger. That was just my passion. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. No, we got to fish or cut bait. You may not financially can do everything that you're dreaming about doing, but I guarantee you there's some things you can be doing to get ready for what you're going to do, to get your potential developed. You know, sometimes talking to some people. Go talk to somebody that's doing what you're dreaming of doing. Hallelujah. And one thing for sure we need to do is start praying about what the next step is. Lord, what is the next step I can take? And He'll show you a step to take. And it may seem totally unrelated. You may be saying, Father, I am going to... Uh, uh, you may be going to do something uh, in the business world. And He may say, well, the next step is to go to children's church. And you go, no, 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 no. You don't understand, God. That doesn't have anything to do with business. No, but it sure will strip your flesh off. It sure will get you ready for things. Amen. You know, Christian school doesn't have anything to do with what I'm doing right now. But one thing about it, five years of discipline, five years of having, of, of just five years of having to be disciplined, five, you know there's something that it does inside of you. Amen? Five years of learning to deal with parents. Hallelujah. It does things. It doesn't seem to be related, but it is. But it is. You know, that's what kids, when they go to school, say, I'm not going to have to do this math. Why do I have to do it? I'll never need to know this. Don't they say that? Why do, why do, I, you know, I, why do I need to know Alabama history? That's what they think, isn't it? I don't know, but there's just something about having to discipline yourself. Amen? There's just something about learning to cooperate. Learning to, there's just something about it that gets us ready for all sorts of things. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So what's your next step? You're a good soldier. You've got a gift. You've got an endowment. What's your next step? Are you preparing? Are you preparing? Are you, you know, if, even if you don't feel like you can do anything, one thing you can do is be praying out the plan in advance. What everything you pray today will be something you don't have to pray two years from now when you're more into this situation. Hallelujah. You know, if you, even if you're not married, you need to be, and, and I don't usually have to tell people that aren't married this, but you can be praying out the mate ahead of time. Praying about the mate ahead of time. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know, you, could, you parents, even when they're little, it's not too young to start praying about their mate so that they get the right mate. I mean, Eric told me the other day, he said, Mom, you got the field scenario that even Jesus can't work with it. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You ever feel that way like your mom's got a... Man, she, she has had a hold, hasn't she? <laughs> Karen and Kevin's mom, she has... Man, she has... 
Mm. Glory to God. Don't mess with her passion. <laughs> She'll come all the way from Birmingham. She'll be all over you. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, what's your next step? Well, let's, uh, let's see. What time is it? It's not even late. Let's pray a minute about our next step, okay? Let's just pray a minute. You pray about, you know, if you don't have a clue of what, what you're called to do, well, look at and see what you like and look and see what you're good at and look and see what God's already been doing in your life. Hallelujah. And, I, and, and Joyce Meyer says this, and I know it's right because I did it. Just start doing something. You'll find out if you're called. If you'll start doing some things, you'll find out. Praise God. Well, let's pray. Do you want to stand down or sit, stand down or sit up? <laughs> Which one do y'all want to do? Sit down or stand up? <laughs>